Welcome to If I Were You, the Bona Law podcast and blog series about antitrust, and in five bullets or less, how in-house lawyers can explain key antitrust risks to their business teams. I'm Molly, partner of Bona Law. My guest today is John Cieslack. John has lots of experience as an antitrust and white-collar criminal defense lawyer. He has defended companies and executives in price-fixing, bid-rigging, and no-poaching prosecutions brought by the U.S. DOJ. In addition, John has defended corporate clients in both federal and state courts against a variety of charges, including healthcare fraud, accounting fraud, and money laundering. John also routinely assists companies with internal investigations and whistleblower complaints related to antitrust, accounting, healthcare, Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, and other issues. John also does civil antitrust litigation as well. John, thank you so much for joining me. Happy to be here. Today's topic is subpoenas. Uh, Subpoenas are not specific to antitrust, but subpoenas get served in antitrust and white-collar cases a lot. Because of that, we get a number of calls from executives and in-house lawyers who have received investigative subpoenas from the federal or state government. And the question we get typically is, so what do I do now? Here are our top five bullets responding to that question. Bullet one, if you're an in-house lawyer, prepare a doc hold notice and circulate it right away. John, could you share three or three, two or three things that you think in-house lawyers should think about when developing their doc hold notice? Sure thing. But just backing up a second, a document hold notice is a written notification to relevant employees at the company not to delete, destroy, or alter any electronic or paper materials potentially relevant to the subpoena. You have to unpack what all of that means in the notice in plain English and be conservative in describing what potentially relevant means. In terms of the two or three things to think about, one, work with IT to be sure that auto-delete functions are shut off. The notice going to employees should be short. If you send an eight-page memo, it's not going to get read or understood. It's okay to attach a longer member, but longer memo, but the cover, for example, should be three to four paragraphs issuing clear and concise instructions about what to do and what not to do. Finally, stuff on personal devices counts. So employees need to be told not to delete texts that have have to do with work. Thanks. Those are all good ones. All right. Bullet number two, do not destroy anything. John? Yeah, this is really a logical follow-up to bullet number one. And, and we should include not just don't destroy, but don't hide. The example that comes to mind is don't take materials home thinking that removes them from the reach of the subpoenas. Leave everything where it is. In terms of deleting emails and texts, I like explaining it to employees this way. If you go through emails and start deleting, that will be detectable and nothing ever truly gets deleted. The emails get found in other people's accounts or otherwise, and now you've only made things worse for yourself. The next bullet um, might be counterintuitive, but don't start creating documents either. John, can you tell us why? Yeah, yeah, that's a bit nuanced. So Lawyers, if you decide that you want employees to write down their recollections of events, uh, which is often helpful, you should meet with them to explain what you want them to document and label the notes as privileged, confidential, prepared at at the instructions of a lawyer for purposes of litigation, and that'll help it have uh, protection under the work product doctrine. But other than that circumstance, employees and executives should not take it upon themselves to create documents without lawyers' involvement. Those documents may get produced and uh, end up being used against you or the company. Okay, bullet four. 
employees should not talk to each other about the subpoena or the subject matter underlying the subpoena. John, why is that a bad idea? Yeah, I mean, this one's really important. Um, those conversations are not going to be privileged and may end up the subject of testimony. The problem with employees talking to each other about the situation is it can create the appearance of collusion. Employees are coordinating with each other about what to say or what not to say to lawyers or to the government. And it looks like people are trying to hide things. So if the subpoena pertains to an antitrust conspiracy, especially do not call your competitors right. and ask if they've been subpoenaed and how they intend to respond. I've actually seen that one happen in real life. So that's a real tip that people should keep in mind. Okay, yeah. bullet five, don't freak out about costs and scope. Yeah, this one's always hard to, hard to, to hear, but um, subpoena, subpoena compliance can be costly and burdensome. Um, but there's ways to manage that. There are almost always negotiations to pare down the subpoena um, as written to something that's narrower in scope. Uh, the deadline for subpoena compliance can usually be negotiated as well. Um, sometimes you set up incremental deadlines that are set on a rolling basis so you can provide information bit by bit over a long stretch of time. And all of that can help um, you know, reduce the scope and the cost of responding to that subpoena. And this is unprecedented on our podcast, but John, we have a bonus bullet today. If your subpoena is from the DOJ and concerns an antitrust situation, there might be an opportunity for leniency. So you should talk to a lawyer with experience working with the DOJ in its antitrust leniency program to decide if that's a good option for you or not. It may not be, but it's important to think through carefully. John, do you have any comments on that? Oh, I 100% agree with everything you said. And, and the one thing I'd add is that timing really matters. That if you do decide to seek leniency, it's important to kind of get ahead of that, think mm -hmm. about it quickly, and get to the government um, with a handle on your, you know, the, the facts of the, the investigation and, and ask to participate in the leniency program pretty quickly. Um, the sooner you do that, the better your chances of getting a good deal through the leniency program. So don't sit on it. Uh, for a week or two, um, get going on that subpoena right away. All right. So those are our bullets on subpoenas. Again, I'm Molly here today with John. Thank you. Thanks, Molly.